Hello, welcome to Pseudo Bravado, and for today's episode, I am going to talk a little bit about anxiety, or rather just my personal experience of it, because obviously it is different for everyone, and I also just want to apologize, the last episode I just filmed, I was previewing or just re-listening to the audio, and there's a lot of shuffling noises because I was wearing my puffer jacket, because I'm currently freezing in my bedroom. And I can't turn on the heat because it's not really effective and just the way my room is, it just doesn't work. Heat doesn't work for me. So I was freezing, I was wearing my jacket, but I've taken it off for this episode so that you don't have to listen to it shuffle all the time. And also, uh, I was pausing a lot because it was my first time filming a podcast episode on my own. Uh, the, the last time I filmed, I had my sister, and so we had like a back and forth kind of banter, but I didn't have that last episode, and so I was pausing a lot. I didn't really have a script or anything. I, that's kind of the brand I'm going for. I want it to be as raw and honest as possible. Uh, so hopefully I will be better at channeling my inner train of thought in the coming episodes, or at least have something planned a little bit better so it flows smoother and less editing will be needed for it to sound functional. Uh, I'm actually going to start this episode by reading something, so uh, that will take care of the whole pause, pausing thing that I do when I'm speaking, because everything's already written out in front of me. This was a creative assignment, creative writing assignment I did uh, after my first year at university, I took this writing course because I've always enjoyed creative writing. And one of the assignments was to write a nonfiction piece. So I'm going to read this and kind of like a story time, I guess, and then explain or I guess put into more put no put more context into the whole experience um, after I finish reading this piece as an introduction. So the title is called Never Take Comic Sans, or any font for that matter, which is in brackets, seriously. A short memoir. <clears throat> okay, this, this is it. Okay, I'm gonna start. The sensation always begins at the same place in my mind. Its origin treads lightly on the edges of my consciousness, but it is easily coaxed into the forefront of my thoughts. It manifests into its physical form as my palms take on a swampy grip. I am struck by a frustrating awareness of what ribs are, a cage for the wild, rapid beating of this fist-sized muscle stuck in my chest. It rattles away with such brute force that I find my throat collapsing on itself, short on air. Welcome to my living hell. I'm a regular around here. The catalyst had been a casual remark. Quote, Take a deep breath, guys. I can see the fear on some of your faces. My calculus teacher was known for her sardonic sense of humor and fast-paced classes. It was my first test in my final semester of high school. As she returned to her desk at the front of the room, her words sent an uneasy ripple through my focus as if she had verbalized something I had been suppressing. Her comment kept echoing in my ears, and what followed was my inaugural trip to hell. The numbers on the page seemed to taunt me. My skin suddenly became 
hypersensitive to the way the fabric in my shirt felt against it. A roaring inferno had seemed to ignite itself in my body. These torturous episodes soon worsened. The sensation that was once confined to one-hour bursts during exams was somehow renewed for multiple seasons despite my poor engagement, and I found the panic lingering long after the perceived threat had disappeared. It became a perennial presence in my daily life, much like a stubborn scab. At least scabs are visible and people can acknowledge it was a common understa- acknowledge it with a common understanding. This feeling was an indiscernible hand gripping my neck while the whole world watched on in oblivion. It was it is significantly easier for me to ignore scar tissue than this phenomenon. When does this go away? I was sitting in the cushioned seat of a tiny office about three weeks after that first incident. The woman's desk was strewn with papers from various students requesting course changes, while the walls were plastered with platitudes about life and pictures of her two children. Though I I had been at the school for nearly five years, this was the first time I was sitting alone in a room with my counselor. It had never occurred to me to seek help until my biology teacher recommended it upon hearing about my concerns of underperforming on an upcoming exam. She placed the call as I sat with a box of tissues in hand, and here I was now, waiting for the fateful diagnosis. My counsellor looks at me with a pensive look, and her hesitation to respond already told me something I was afraid of. Anxiety doesn't really go away. You can only learn to manage it. Those words felt like a death sentence. I wanted her to tell me that this mess would rid itself with a few days of rest like your normal cold. I wanted anything but to acknowledge the permanence of the situation. The only issue was that my ears heard the truth the moment it left her lips. Upon greater inquiry, I reckoned the anxiety had always been a part of me. This was not an overnight development, but rather a dormant quality that I had been nurturing for a while. I can trace the many times during my childhood where I was overwhelmed by an abnormal level of apprehension towards seemingly trivial events. I can still recall with an unfortunate amount of clarity the day I walked across the school gym during my seventh grade my seventh grade graduation, leaking rivers from my palms as I opted to fist bump my principal when I admitted my hands were far too sweaty for a proper handshake. My mother would not stop reminding me of how stiff I appeared, which, needless to say, did little to soothe the nerves that would arise every time I entered a similar scenario. However, all those years of quietly planting little seeds of insecurity had proliferated into something I couldn't ignore any longer. So what can I do about it? My cheeks were crimson from crying, and the desperation in my voice was palpable. You have to let it run its course, learn to ride the wave of emotion, rather than trying to fight it. It felt like an empty answer at the time, the equivalent of telling someone there is no cure. I was being told to ignore my own instinct to tread the water and instead let my limbs give in. It was counterintuitive, but I suppose that is how any change truly begins. It is never your first inclination that solves the mystery. If it were, I would have been able to dig my way through the tunnel on my own, not sitting before a woman speaking about things I was used to silencing, things that even my mother knew nothing about. It was this odd paradox. For me to overcome my anxiety, I would have to succumb to it. She introduced me to this meditation app, and each night I would lay in the dark before bed, my earbuds earbuds plugged in, listening to the sounds of flowing water and rustling trees as the recordings guided me into dreamless sleep. 
The crippling self-awareness, my former Achilles heel, was coached into becoming a virtue through the practice of meditation. I learned to use it as a remedy for the anxiety, identifying the oncoming sensation before it could subvert me. Over the subsequent four months, as spring tapered into summer and eventually graduation, I noticed an improvement. The overwhelming feeling that once occupied all hours of my time awake had gradually retreated its reach. I started to feel like myself again, only now with a more keen eye for the flux in my emotions. I suppose the truism to be harvested from this experience ironically reinforces the mottos that were hanging in my counselor's office the day I walked in for the first time. Like most adolescents, I had to learn things the hard way, refusing to trust some empty sans-serif blurb about the value of persisting in turbulent times until I had a convincing taste of personal suffering. God forbid those platitudes were written in comic sans, because those words would just be begging to not be taken seriously. I'm willing to bet there was a poster somewhere in that cramped space preaching about how everything in life happens for a reason. And I, now with a marginally enlightened retrospect, can indeed vouch for this cliché. Prior to this, I had held the quality of independence with great reverence, but I had since learned that the need for human support and guidance is nothing to be ashamed of. Great resilience can be birthed from camaraderie, but I had been too foolish to see that before. I don't think I would have been equipped to cope with the challenges of adjusting to post-secondary life had it not been for this proverbial bump in the road. I ultimately chose to stay local with my education as I came to terms with the fact that my anxiety would be an ongoing challenge that I was best prepared to confront with my support system kept close. It wasn't the flawless triumph I had anticipated, but now, with a year since it has all happened, there is little I regret. Most importantly, this experience has been far more didactic and convincing than a scholastic poster could ever be. The end. So that was what I wrote after my first year of university. It has since been more than a year since I sat in that counselor's office. It's been, I think, two and a half years. I'm now in my third year of university. And it's crazy to think that... I've gone through so much more since then. And I guess let me rewind this a little bit to explain how it kind of happened because I don't actually go into the technicalities of the experience. Uh, Basically, I got, this was I think 2017, I got really, really sick in January. I think it was a maybe a viral infection or something and I was it took me ages and I still wasn't getting better so I went to see my doctor I was prescribed some antibiotics I think it was chlorithromycin if I'm not mistaken and uh, what antibiotics does is it kind of kills a lot of bacteria in you because I guess he thought it was a bacterial infection. Maybe it was. Or maybe it was a viral infection and he wrongly prescribed me antibiotics. We will never know till this day. But either way, I got better from the cold or the cold flu-like symptoms and went back to school. And then I started noticing my stomach was feeling off. I started... uh, feeling anxious as well and that all happened uh according to you know what i wrote about was during a math exam uh it was my calculus class and math has never been my strong suit because of some pretty uh 
traumatic experiences growing up um, when you're Asian and, and your mom expects you to memorize your times table walking home from the grocery store and reciting it and just berating you if you got a single one of them wrong. Um, it took me forever to learn my times table. By the time I was in fourth grade and most people felt pretty comfortable with multiplication, I still could not do math to save my life. And when we had one of those um, standardized exams for students in fourth grade, I basically bombed the math section to my mother's great disappointment. And it was this whole thing. It was pretty bad. And it was definitely one of my worst childhood memories for sure. And so ever since then, I've just never liked math. And I had to work really, really hard to do well in it in school. And so I did well in it enough so that I actually skipped eighth grade math and went straight to ninth grade math because I took this challenge exam. And so I was always a year ahead in math. And then I was doing calculus in my final year. And I just could not for the life of me calm down during that exam. The moment my my teacher said that we were all looking a little bit nervous because she has this reputation for being this very strict um, authoritative figure in, in the school and people are kind of scared of her. And so that paired with my g general fear of math did not, you know, just was not a good combination. And so I remember just like sweating profusely and my stomach felt sick and I felt nauseous and I just could not focus on reading the questions and I felt like the time was just ticking down and, and I was rushing through the exam, but I couldn't really stop and process what I was actually reading and just being in this state of super high alert, fight or flight. I wanted to remove myself from the room, but I couldn't because I was stuck writing this exam and it was just a really really paralyzing experience and then I started having I guess this is TMI but you know it is part of the story and it is a very important part of the story because I started getting diarrhea that's right I was shitting my pants multiple times a day well not my pants okay but I, I needed to go to the bathroom all the time and at first I just thought oh it's is it oh I couldn't really tell if it was because I was anxious or if I actually had something wrong um I think at first I thought it was because I was just anxious. I didn't know because I obviously I wasn't physically sick anymore, not to my knowledge. And I was just having so much diarrhea. Oh my god, this is so weird to say. But uh, I would always feel the need to go to the washroom. And just something, I knew something was wrong with my bowels. But I waited it out for quite some time. And then I finally went back to my doctor the same doctor who prescribed me those antibiotics from a couple weeks before and I told him that I had been having this this issue with diarrhea and also kind of briefly mentioning how I would get really anxious and so he gave me um this test I had to do I had to poop in a cup which uh is exactly as uncomfortable and kind of gross as you think it is and as uncomfortable as it sounds um I did that I took my own shit to the labs dropped it off and poor lab technician had to handle that that poop and do a test on it and then my doctor called me back like a week later and told me oh yeah so it turns out you have 
uh, Clostridium difficile, which is also known as C. diff. It is a intestinal infection. It's a certain strain of bacteria that... Oh, I should actually look this up, maybe, so I can give you guys a little bit more scientific information. Okay, I'm just actually... I have my laptop in front of me. I'm just gonna look it up. So, what is Clostridium difficile? So, it is also known as Peptoclostridium difficile, C. difficile, or C. diff. It is a gram-positive species of spore-forming bacteria. They are anaerobic, motile bacteria, ubiquitous in nature, and especially prevalent in soil. Um, let me see. So, according to the Mayo Clinic, uh, illness from C. difficile most commonly affects older adults in hospitals or in long-term care facilities and typically occurs after use of antibiotic medications. However, studies show increasing rates of C. difficile infection among people traditionally not considered to be at high risk, such as young and healthy individuals who haven't used antibiotics and who haven't been in a healthcare facility. So, I guess I would... So I was definitely not your standard case, and he was like, oh, I haven't seen something like this in a while. But it did happen to me, and symptoms include, uh, let me see, they usually develop within 5-10 to days after starting a course of antibiotics, which explains why I I was completely physically better, but so I didn't think it was anything to do with my previous sickness. Uh, so it includes watery diarrhea three or more times a day for two or more days, mild abdominal cramping and tenderness. And let me see. Yeah. So, uh, that makes so much more sense now that I look at it. I, I definitely waited more than just two or three days to see a doctor. I don't know exactly how long I waited, but the fact that it was compounded with anxiety did not really help me realize that, like, this is a physical thing I need to go see a doctor for. But once he was, he diagnosed me with the lab results, I did feel a sense of relief because at least I could put a finger on what it was that was bothering me so much. And so I got prescribed, I think, just more antibiotics and uh, had that taken care of. And then I think, I don't actually know the exact timeline now because it's been a while, Um, I think I probably saw the doctor, realized I had this intestinal infection, and then I was still dealing with the anxiety at the time. Um, So even when the intestinal infection uh, got cured, the anxiety did not, and it was still affecting my school life, and gradually I started feeling nervous um, from the moment I woke up to the moment I fell asleep, and it was affecting me trying to fall asleep, so I was getting really poor rest in general. And my heart would beat really fast. I would get super, super sweaty. And I just could not focus on the littlest of tasks. And I just felt like a sense of dread every single day going to school. And it was just this super debilitating experience that I would not wish upon my worst enemy. And so, yeah, I remember uh, I was a lab tech at the time. It was like this course you would take where you help out the teachers prepare all the different lab materials. And I had a biology exam that afternoon and it was my lab tech block. And I remember my biology teacher came in the back and I just told her, I was, can I talk to you for a second? And I kind of explained to her, like, I know we have this test uh, this afternoon and I did study for it and really if I was in a calm state I do feel like I could do well on the exam and I would be able to um, read and understand all the questions and so it's not a matter of preparedness because I do feel prepared for the exam but it's that I feel like I'm going to panic last minute 
when you hand out the exam and when everybody's in a room writing it quietly. So I'm going to stress myself out and therefore underperform. So I just told her because I felt like it was this burden or the secret that I was hiding from people. I wasn't talking about it. And I just felt like I needed them to know because part of me always felt like I didn't want to disappoint people. I didn't want to disappoint my teachers. I didn't want to disappoint my family. I didn't want to disappoint myself. And it's one thing to disappoint myself, but then when other people get involved, it just feels even worse. And I just felt like I should at least let them know because I felt like that would take some of the weight off my shoulders. And so I told her and she, you know, then she called the counselor for me, which I never really even thought about um, consulting. And so I got a chance to see the counselor that day and have that whole conversation. And I just remember crying that was also the same day as my uh grad exit interviews so it's this thing where you're supposed to uh dress up and go to the library and they assign you to one of the teachers who's volunteering to do the exit interviews and they just make sure that you're ready for post-secondary life or whatever it is that you want to do and they kind of ask you about what's the um largest accomplishment um that you've achieved throughout high school, what are you planning on doing after graduation, things like that, and I remember um, kind of getting emotional, I mean, that's kind of another story in and of itself, but I remember getting emotional when um, my experience with anxiety kind of came up, because it was so fresh and new, and that was literally the day I went to go see the counselor for the first time, um, but anyways, uh, that's besides the point, uh, so I went to see the counselor, I was crying in her office, and she kind of introduced me to like some breathing techniques, the box technique of breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, exhaling for four seconds, and then holding for another four seconds. Uh, and then she also used the analogy of uh, a backpack of this burden, this mental, emotional burden that you carry on throughout the day that you kind of add to when little stressors um, are introduced and it builds up in weight and you can only hold it for so long, even if it may feel insignificant but eventually it will take its toll and so it's important that every day before you go to bed you should learn to clear your mind clear out that backpack so that every day you can start new so those are some of the things I remember from that conversation and obviously like I mentioned in in that piece of writing I felt um, a sense of doom like I I was just given terrible news I'm never gonna get better from anxiety completely because it's not this physical thing that can be easily cured with um, a simple prescription. It was something that I would have to work really, really hard at and I did not have a guarantee fix. So that was really sad at the time for me and uh, really hard for me to come to terms with. And so, you know, gradually I started to feel a little bit better. I mean, the diarrhea went away because I took the medication for it. But um, that hasn't stopped the fact that I every time since then, when I feel really stressed, I will feel inclined to use the washroom more than normal. And um, I always have this fear of, of the same episode repeating itself over and over again. And uh, and it's, it just becomes like a physiological response that I have no control over when I am feeling super stressed out. And so where does that bring us now? So I graduated high school. I had a summer 
away from the, the immediate pressures of, of academics. Um, and then came university. And I remember it being pretty rough in the beginning, uh, especially during midterms. I had math in my first year. I had two mandatory math courses I had to take, which just totally brought up all those bad memories again. And I remember just panicking during that midterm and not really knowing what to do with myself. Uh, and to be honest, in retrospect, even even in re- retrospect, I still can't tell you exactly how I got over it but it was one of those things like the more you practice the easier or just more manageable it becomes just like what my counselor said it's still not something I I think I've completely recovered from and feel like I'm back to normal but I do feel a sense of greater control and uh, ability to determine the outcome than before because in the past I just felt super powerless like I couldn't do anything about the way I was feeling and so uh yeah I don't this past year you know just taking care of my physical well-being and always being in tune with my emotions I think that has been like the biggest takeaway because now that this has all happened to me I realize that I've always been a pretty anxious kid Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the way I was raised and my experiences with my parents, uh, specifically my mom, and feeling a lot of pressure to perform well in school uh, ever since I was little. And that kind of translating into this, uh, this perfectionistic pressure that I would put on myself. And, you know subconsciously or or it just kind of manifested into something that became larger than life and it finally broke the surface and I'm glad that it worked out the way it did because I can't imagine having gone out of town to go to school and having to deal with anxiety for the very first time in full force completely alone I think that would have been a complete disaster definitely way harder than it would it was uh, for me having at least the friends and the family close by and the counselors and you know mental health is something that as you uh, get older or once you move out of high school and stuff it becomes harder and harder to take care of because there's so many other factors you have to consider uh, there's more things that will stress you out and feel more real there it becomes harder to even have access to proper mental health services. Uh, And so I'm just really grateful that it happened rather than resenting the experience because I, you know, I realized it was something that was kind of bubbling underneath the surface this whole time and it was going to happen sooner or later. And I'm just glad that I had the support system there for me when it did happen. Since then, I definitely have, you know, rearranged my priorities and I don't put as much pressure on the way I perform in school anymore and it's definitely more focused on just effort and the feeling of peace with myself. 
So I focus more on the way I feel during the exam than necess- than how I perform in terms of numbers. Uh, so that is basically the story of my experience, my very shitty, pun intended, experience with anxiety. And I will... I don't even know. That That's going to... This is just going to ha- be how I end the episode. I, st- I still don't know how to consistently end my podcast episodes. But I hope you enjoyed that little TMI story time. If you have experiences with anxiety, I highly recommend seeking help and not being afraid to do that. It was uh, probably the toughest thing I had to do was just the initiation of reaching out to someone for the first time and explaining what you're going through but I promise you that people that you will find people who will listen and who will direct you in the right direction so with that it is a wrap on this episode tune in next week for who knows what episode it's gonna be because I have not recorded it yet that's it from me. It's a wrap. Goodbye.